There he is. Yes. yes. Nice. <laughs> We're happening. That's How's working. it going? So good to see your face. Thank you. Thank you. And you. How are you doing? I'm doing very good. Back to my board. I couldn't be happier, actually. That's really <laughs> nice. Good. And how's family life? Great, man. He's just uh, starting to munch on his first real food. So we're uh, feeding him some pumpkin and some avocado, and he's loving it, man. <laughs> <laughs> good. Bringing him up on the good stuff. Exactly. Nice. Right, where are you at? Uh, I'm at home. I, I have a new home and uh, I just moved in last week. So it's uh, a bit of a mess and you know how it is when you move in. Uh, but uh, honestly, Ruben, uh, I used to live in a place that didn't really have... Um, it, it was in the, in the town and I, I didn't really have sun and I didn't really have a view. Now I've got this freaking massive view, both both sides of the house. Um, I live on the top of a small hill. So the sun hits me in the morning and hits me last thing in the evening. I've got this amazing view. I've got plenty of room. I just feel like, oh my God, thank you so much. I'm just like the joy that it brings. And I hadn't recognized how restricting it is you know I'd, I'd have a good day at the beach testing or something and then i'd go home and it would just be like oh my god into the dungeon and now i come home and it's like fuck yeah Play, <laughs> so, good nice congratulations bro well done that's yeah, good yeah it's uh it's amazing I, I can't believe the difference i just feel i mean i was never unhappy but i've realized how much happier i can be just with the right location 
how much more comfortable it is. I mean, that's what Corona does for a lot of people, I guess, uh, to just bring some more order in your time and space. And uh, that really helps, man. So I'm glad to hear it. Thank you. Good, good, good. So uh, what are we doing? What's happening? What are we doing? We're doing epic shit as always. <laughs> man, there's so much going on. It's crazy. Oh my goodness. Uh, I can imagine. And have you heard how, how good everything's going? Definitely. Everything is flying. <laughs> Yeah. Fuck. thank goodness i love it let's get let's carry on let's carry on that's for sure man uh yeah. so yeah this call is basically just set up i've prepared a few questions uh because i'm pretty new to the wing foiling as it uh yeah the or the winging uh because yeah. uh, yeah, i just the sport just came about when uh when i was injured so um i've got a lot to learn and uh yeah we kind of want to get to know a little bit more from you uh so i will record this call and uh yeah, then we'll no just uh, see uh, if it's some useful information for people to get some more background info. Cool, man. Cool. Let's do it. Nice. So, uh, Rob, good to see you. Um, yeah, please just uh, explain us who you are, where you're at at the moment, and uh, what you actually do. Okay. Uh, I'm Rob Whittle. Nice. Sorry. Let's start again. Ruben, great to be here. Thank you very much for inviting me to this conversation. Um my name's Rob Whittle. I have been with Ozone since the beginning. Started the company with some friends and um, basically always been involved in the design and testing of whether it was paragliders or kites. I live in New Zealand at the moment in a place called Raglan. And um, this is where we spend a lot of time developing a lot of the products. Obviously, I work with a team that is with Stu, uh, Stuart Yarrow, who's in Norway. Dom Zimmerman, who is in Germany, Switzerland, and Spain, and now we have a new uh, a new little protege on board, who is Simon Brun, who is, Brunner, who is uh, in Spain and working with Dom. So, with this current COVID scenario, we're we're a little spread all over the place, um, but it turns out to be working quite well. And let's not forget Torrent. Taryn Bright, who is uh, also um, everybody's right-hand man. Yeah, wicked man. Yeah, I mean, I've been yeah. observing you guys over the past year, and uh, yeah, it's been amazing, or year or two. And uh, it's been amazing to see how you guys connect and just keep having these insights. And uh, I mean, you guys have a lot of products, or we as Ozone, uh, how, many, how many products do we have? Like how many kites or... Uh, I don't like to count things because it's more than I would like to imagine. But uh, we, you know, we cover everybody and everything, so we're always very busy as a design team. Um, uh, I, I'm nominated head of design, but obviously uh, I couldn't do anything without the guys as well. It's a it's a team effort, um, you know. Uh, so, product wise, uh, how many do we have? Um, yeah, enough to keep everyone happy in virtually every every denomination of sport that you would want to do on the water. Amazing. And uh, yeah, just tell me a little bit, how did you roll into becoming a designer? Oh, well, the funny thing was, um, I've always been involved in testing because I started off testing hang gliders and then paragliders. And you tend to work with a lot of designers and you're sitting on their shoulder while they're, um, you know, working on designs and slowly you see what they're doing and you start picking it up. And of course, there's always something that's lost in translation when you're working with a designer because 
I have this feeling and no matter how I try and convey it, um, that feeling some or often wasn't really taken on board and not really understood. Uh, and one day, effectively, the uh, the design seat became open, and uh, I sat down in it and uh, started to, uh, you know, really get involved. And it just turned out that, fortunately, um, it took away that needing of translation because I could directly sort of create and try and solve these problems with um, without going through an interpreter. So I could just go straight to the computer and uh, design and develop things that I thought would work. And um, of course, there's there's an element of ego in there as well. And you're trying to, you always imagine that you know best, but uh, over the years I've learned that uh, I don't know best. And um, that's why I have a great team of people that give me feedback and support and ideas and vice versa. You know, I, I, we thrive off each other's ideas rather than, you know, following one guy's ideas because uh, one guy only has a brain so big, four or five guys, you know, let, let's, uh, let's amass the knowledge and use, use all the amassed knowledge. So yeah, that got me here, sat behind the computer far too much. Uh, I'm actually a sportsman. I love sport, but at the same time, um, the artistic side of me loves to create these things, loves to problem solve. And um, I think we all enjoy watching people enjoy the things that we create. So, you know, that's the that's the main thing is uh, for me, the, the seal of approval that you've done a good job is watching people that don't know you and you don't know them, but they're coming off the water with one of your kites or one of your products and they're smiling and they're buzzing. And uh, that's when you know that, you know, that that's the satisfaction in the job as such. Amazing. That's so good to hear. And obviously, yeah, you are an experienced athlete uh, because you do all these sports yourself. So it's really yeah, nice for you to translate your feeling into the products. And uh, yeah, yeah. you're working with the team is, is awesome, of course, because uh, like you say, uh, we all inspire each other and have a different perspective. So I think that's how you come to the best solutions. So that's really, really awesome. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, sorry, I was just going to say, um, I think one of the things that's super important is that, uh, you know, that even though performance is always relevant and things, uh, when you, the most important thing is what we're, what we're really doing is we're creating a feeling and uh, we share that feeling with, you know, the people who uh, enjoy the ozone feeling as well and the brand and you only go home with a feeling you know you you have a session it's how much fun you had it's what you take home from it and um yes for sure performance is one thing blah 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 but it's only measurable to a certain degree because at the end of the day regardless of the performance you still only go home with a feeling and that feeling is what we are trying to create you know we just want um regardless of where the performance is the feeling is what counts because that's what you take home with you. And that's what you, um, you know, you transmit to your friends, you know, Oh man, it was amazing session, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's not as if you're trying to quantify that session down to, you know, well, the performance is like this and like that. It's, it's the feeling. So we, we work on uh, delivering hopefully a, a good feeling so that people go home after the end of their session uh, buzzing, really. That's what we want. 
hundred percent. Well, you achieved that uh, right away, actually, when I uh, tried Ozone products. I mean, the amp was designed before I was even involved. And even with the C4, I love the feeling. And yeah, you guys are just so, always so spot on with the, yeah, the specialty that you create these products for. So thanks for that, because I'm having a blast on it. <laughs> Good, thank you. And uh, yeah, well, that's the game. That's the game, you know. The, 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 if, you take, if you strip away the business, the game is about pleasure. And uh, we just want people to have pleasure and uh, people just want to have pleasure and fun. So, you know, our, our job is to facilitate that and for that to be uh, as, um, as encompassing and as satisfying as possible. So that, that's, that's the game, really. 100%. Yeah, well done. And you are mainly focused on the, the kites and the wings or, yeah. Um, mainly focused on everything. Uh, <laughs> oh, but, but yeah, I'm not doing boards or anything. I'm, I'm not doing any. Yes, uh, all the flying things I'm focused on. Uh, I still am uh, involved in the speed wing design as well for the paragliding department. Um, but mostly it's kites, um, whether they're ram air or inflate uh, or inflatable. And obviously, with the advent now of the um, the wing, then with i'm doing the wings as well uh, with my team with my team let's not forget the team with the team of course <laughs> um i mean that speed riding the speed flying that's something i still hardly want to get into um, so <laughs> maybe over time i can, I can can ease my way into that uh, but what i specifically want to talk to you about um is actually the wing the wasp which you've designed so i'm curious uh, to when you've uh, first thought or heard or saw uh, about the wing concept when was it uh that was a couple of years ago now with uh, a slingshot wing that uh i saw a photo of someone in the gorge on a foil with a wing and i thought oh that looks pretty interesting and um it, it was ticking in my head because obviously the foils then were becoming um sort of more accessible and they'd gone away from performance kite racing foils and they'd started to turn into um, enjoyable fun foils and I wasn't a fan of the kite racing foils because they were too much performance for me and I just didn't feel comfortable with the kite and these uh, sharp fast foils um, and then once once they started to go into sort of what we'll describe as surf foils um, and they were slower and not as sharp and generally more forgiving and easier. Um, it was, yeah, okay, we need to get involved with, with, uh, with this new aspect. Um, nobody at that point knew it was going to be quite as big as it just turned out to be. Um, but then literally probably a week after me bringing this up with our crew and talking about it, um, Kai Lenny had just started riding Ozone Rios and um, there was a little bit of uh, email conversation with him and he sent me a mail saying hey I don't suppose you're going to be making any of those wings are you well it just so happens uh, we've been talking about it so that conversation also got, got brought up with the guys and of course um, with my interest and then being multiplied by Kai Lenny's interest it, it seemed like something we should do. So um, yeah, then it was pull all the stops out. Let's, let's get going. Let's make one of these. And, um, and here we are today with uh, a new sport that is a lot of fun. And it, again, it's a lot more 
a lot of people on the water, um, just reinforcing water sports, really. It's fantastic. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it, it's exploding, like, everywhere you see the wing. And uh, what were your first, like, thoughts and imaginations of the possibility with the wing? Because now they use it with skating, with surfing, with uh, foiling. Uh, on the snow even so was that something you envisioned like first first hand or uh no no i cannot claim any of that i i was uh i was literally seeing it as a way to get a lot of time on a foil without uh, and the, the accessibility i like the accessibility because it doesn't need two people you don't need someone to launch and land you um all those restricted areas where you don't necessarily have enough room on say riverbanks and uh, various areas of the coast where there's no beaches and things. Suddenly I was like, man, that, that's a way to get on the water uh, that only, only requires a very small entry point because then you can paddle out to the wind or you can, you know, you, you, you can work your way through the trees at some river and get on or a lake and just get onto the, get onto the water. So I was seeing it more like that. Um, but hey, and this is the beauty of our world today. Uh, everyone um, can choose and translate these things into whatever they want them to be. So now we've got them on skateboards, like you say, and on the snow. And, you know, Kai's flying down Jaws with his surfboard, which is pretty amazing. <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, who knows where it's actually going and what's going to happen. But uh, the best thing is, you know, it, it's uh, it consolidates uh, the water sports arena again. You know, um, more people on the water is just a, a good thing because it's more people connecting with nature and more people hopefully having fun and enjoying, uh, you know, an aspect of uh, of their life. Yeah, man, 100 percent. And like you said, the accessibility, it's it's pretty safe to get into so it, and it opens up like so many new playgrounds so it's a, it's a really good addition and yeah. uh yeah maybe you can tell me a little bit more about um yeah how the how did you develop the first wasp the wasp v1 and what does a process like uh, like that look like okay well you know um <clears throat> the best thing is always to be totally honest because uh, this is the way things really happen um <clears throat> So once we decided to get into it, uh, we were in Mauritius at the time because it was before COVID. So I was there with Dom and Torrin. Um, we made about uh, five prototypes in the beginning that were all just ideas. And what I have to say is that in the beginning, because it was the first one, um, the first one is a reaction to what you've already seen and what, and what you're trying to achieve. Um, the V2 obviously is a refined reaction. So the V1 is just, this is our answer to this question. Uh, I'm not saying it's the best answer in the world, it, but it certainly wasn't a bad answer either. Definitely but, working. <laughs> yes. Oh no, it was, I mean, it, it was fantastic and it, it, it still ticks all the boxes. It's just not as refined, but you can't have a refined product when it's the first one. So uh, it was basically our reaction to, uh, to what was happening on that market or in that space. And um, so we were in Mauritius and it was just um, a case of, you know, the first ones we made, the leading edge was too thin. So there was too much flex. So we started to increase the size of the leading edge and um, each step of the way, the leading edge got thicker and 
thicker and thicker until finally, you know, the first ones were, were this big and now it's this big. But, and it took us quite a few steps to recognize how big it needed to be to actually gain that uh, structural stability and to reduce the flex. Otherwise, there was too much flex. Um, and then there was all these other small, uh, yeah, small details. Um, you know, we, we didn't even know particularly where to put the handles. We didn't recognize the importance of where those handles should actually be. We were just, right, well, let's just put handles everywhere and that covers everything. And, um, well, it does sort of cover everything except that it's still critical where those handles are actually placed. So, um, yeah, the first one, it, it turned out to be a great wing. We had a load of fun developing it and designing it because we were also learning the sport at the same time, uh, solving problems, recognizing things that all beginners will struggle with because we were beginners you know it's a new sport we're not experts we're just we're beginners so uh, in a way it was quite a beautiful process because um you we were actually you know we were actually feeling and understanding the problems that people are going to have because we were having them and you know typically now with kites and the things that you're, you're, you know, the sports that you're good at doing, um, you don't have any problems. So you, you automatically start at a level that, you know, you just throw the kite up and feel it and off you go. So to actually be brought back to that learning process was very good for us. And um, it, it's still fresh in my head. So when we're working on the V2, it was really easy to understand what things what attributes something needs to make that product, you know, more accessible, easier to use. So yeah, that's how it came about. And it was just trial and error. You know, this is it, most of our design is trying trial and error, uh, hopefully come up with a good idea, work on it, refine it. Um, again, I was with Dom and Torin and we'd be talking to each other about what everybody was feeling because we, you know, well, Torin learns everything in two seconds uh dom dom takes five minutes and i take three hours so you know the, those younger guys are just picking it up and i'm still crashing and smashing all over the place overthinking so, it Rob. overthinking it <laughs> yeah well no overthinking it actually just these guys have some great skills and some of those skills i don't quite have like they have uh, and that's the beauty of a design team. You know, we're, we're a rounded bunch. Um, some things they pick up quicker than I do. And uh, most things I pick up slower than they do. <laughs> a dynamic bunch, so to say. But uh, yeah, I think that's so addictive about it. Well, also just the feeling of uh, the gliding on the foil and just playing with the wind and the wing. Um, and the yeah. progress that you can make, like you say, you felt like a total beginner again. I think that's uh, just priceless, you know, just keeps you hungry for more and uh, yeah, you just want to progress. Uh, yes. But I'm curious, like how many prototypes did you actually make for the Wasp V1? Uh, I think we were into the 20s and uh, I don't really like to get into the 20s with anything because, um, uh, you know, it, it, it's like being a... Yeah, a designer is a bit like being a chef. There's ingredients that are required. As a good chef, you should know what those ingredients are. Certainly with the wasp, um, when you get to looking at 20, we had no experience whatsoever. So um, we had to kind of, um, we had to 
learn how to cook, how to, what ingredients were required for this. So that's why it took so many. Uh, normally, I'd like to be done by sort of between five and ten. You know, by number five, you should have the the crux of the thing sorted, and the next five prototypes are honing the design and cleaning things up, and just you know the refinements. Um, but you know, with the wasp, everything was new, and we just we didn't know anything. And like I said, just with the leading edge size, we probably spent five prototypes just finding where is big enough. Um, so there's, you know, five gone just on the leading edge. Uh, then there's the sail tension. Boom, there's another five because, you know, you start off loose and then you put some tension in and you put a bit more in and you, man, it needs more, you know. So you do another one with more and so on and so forth. So, yeah, it took it took long. Oh, it took more than I like. But at the same time, we didn't know anything. So that's that's what happens. The the V um, the V2. Uh, also took uh, probably 15 because um, we changed the philosophy of the design. So um, we, again, we had a lot to learn. So next time, hopefully it'll be less. But uh, yeah, you know, this is all part of learning. And um, just like learning the sport, also for me as a designer, it's enjoyable to learn new aspects of design because... Uh, if you think of a kite, for instance, um, because it's an arc, it's all what I'd describe as positively loaded because uh, from the bar going up to the lines and across the top surface and back down to the bar, you have this basically continual um, positive load that's always working in the right way. Well, as soon as you go to a wing, obviously um, you don't have any suspension lines pulling that form and making that form and making the load distribution nice and smooth, you have what I call losing load, which is uh, the more load you put on it, the more it wants to flex. So you can't, you can't control that through the um, technology and understanding that you control a kite with. You need to learn absolutely everything again. So or you have to not learn, but you have to imagine what, what's going to solve these issues, uh, totally different issues than you have with a kite. So for me, it's fantastic because it's, um, you know, everybody loves learning and I'm, I'm learning now how to design wings or we are learning how to design wings. And uh, some of that is translating into kites as well because the, there are new aspects of the wing that we have to look at in this way. Oh, maybe we can do that with the kites. Oh, there you go. We'll put that in there as well. So. Uh, yeah, it's very, um, it's refreshing, refreshing on a design um, learning side of things. Awesome. Yeah, it's basically just learning how to chop it and use your ingredients and uh, yeah, you can apply them in different dishes. So uh, you are the yeah, chef. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, one day I might make master chef. <laughs> nice. Um, and then for the wasp PT, you were talking a little bit about it already, but um, yeah, how did the process uh, look like and kind of who helped you? Uh, I mean, the whole team, obviously, but with the yeah. pandemic, uh, did you have some writers helping you test or uh, yeah, what did the V2 process look like? Uh, yeah, the uh, unfortunately, the pandemic did um, derail the, uh, the design team getting together because uh, we normally we go to Mauritius during the New Zealand winters because um, it's not that much 
fun here in the winter testing and there's not that many good days. So normally we go to Mauritius for sort of uh, anywhere between three to five months. We couldn't do that last year. So I stayed here um, with Torin, Dom and the other guys were over in Europe. And um, it kind of came down to me to, uh, to get a long way up the, uh, a long way along the design process because um, I was here. Uh, Torin was Torin was here too, but uh, he was coping with a lot of the other things that were going on. He wasn't so involved in the actual testing last year. Um, so I just basically got my head down and started working on trying to improve it and trying new design techniques. And once I'd found the basic ingredients, then obviously we'd make a couple of prototypes. One would come to me, one would go to Dom. He'd test that, we'd confer. Okay, then I'd make another couple until we'd found something else that was good. And then I'd sell, uh, then I'd send one to him and he'd test that and give me his feedback. And we'd have Kai involved in that, which is one of the reasons that um, uh, when you see Kai flying at Jaws, he's on a prototype there because you know i've been firing prototypes to kai for oh, basically uh, the last year to get him involved into because he wants a specific kind of feeling and a specific kind of wing for his jaws um antics yes his jaws <laughs> flying um so we've been trying to involve him uh, because you know the guy has an amazing feeling and you know he he can he can push the product far further than I can push it. So, or any of us can push it. So it's good to have him involved. Um, and then it was going back to that initial stage of when I was learning. And uh, this is sort of, um, as a designer, it's the most important thing to remember is that, yes, for sure, you have all these good riders and the good riders are important for feedback. But in fact, the most important thing is that you're delivering um something that is very easily usable by the general public and the general public have what I would describe as weekend skills. And, uh, you know, the, most people are going to work during the week and they only get a chance to, to hone those skills at the weekend. So then it depends on the weather responsibilities, blah, blah, blah. You might get out two, three times a month. So, um, our products have to be aimed at these people because, um, you know, that we need them to go out and on the days that they do go out or manage to find the time and the stars align and the wind's perfect and yeah. everything else is happening. Um, we need the, we need the, the, uh, the wings to, or the kites to be as easy and as accessible as we can. And because that was very fresh in my head, um, yeah, I think we've now made the V2, how do you say, has more performance overall, but in terms of being user-friendly, it's so user-friendly, it, it just makes it easy. And um, I'm, I'm not saying, <laughs> it, it, it's still a difficult sport because you've got to fly the foil and deal with the wing, but, uh, you know, the wing is just, it just, the V2 just sort of sits there and you just pull the back hand and the balance of the, the load between the front and rear hand is, um, it, to me, feels very natural. And there's just power on hand. You don't, you know, it's just, 
easygoing. Um, so yeah, uh, I think we've ended up with a product that um, is just more fun to ride, um, easier for people to ride, uh, has lots of power, boosts well, goes upwind like a demon. You know, it's just like, oh yeah, <laughs> this is this is excellent. So anyone that's got the V1, the progression to the V2 is, uh, you know, it's just like, oh, everyone's smiling. It just makes life easy and it's comfortable. Magic work. Well, I'm glad I ordered one and should be here soon. So, uh, <laughs> good, good. I can get out playing and feel like a beginner again. I'm looking very forward to that. But, uh, but yeah, this, like this, I was just thinking, sorry. like, not everybody flies uh, down jaws like Kai Lenny does, but um, obviously working together with him, you learn a lot and, uh, yeah, still focused on making this uh, this wing accessible for everyone and also for uh, for kids that are coming into the sport. So that's amazing. And nice work on that. But then I'm curious, what are some of the main features then of the WASP P2? Uh, the main thing is uh, really we've gone away from having the strut uh following the sail at the top and now we have uh what you would describe as a rib or a baffle uh between both sides so the strut goes uh, from the leading edge to the trailing edge and in between uh, but it's a straight line and in between we have um, a rib that shapes the top surface so we were able to increase the the thickness of the section which means that we have basically more power for the size. And the idea was in the beginning was to have more power with the same size because we don't want them getting bigger because obviously they're just more cumbersome and uh, the tips touch the water and so on and so forth. So the main thing was we wanted to make the smallest wing possible with the most power we could so that you can have something that's easy and fun in your hands, but has lots of power rather than having to go bigger and bigger and bigger to try and get this power for sure. If you're like me at sort of 70 kgs, I, I only ever need the four meter. If you're 80, 85 kgs, then your standard is probably going to be the five meter because you know, you have these, 15 uh, kgs more. And if you're above that, then you're probably going to be needing the six meter. But if you need the six meter, the chances are you're a big guy as well, which means that the, the wing tips are not so involved in touching the water. So it, it kind of goes like that. Um, and same thing, if you're smaller, you know, you can, then, uh, you can ride a three meter or a 2.3 meter pretty much all the time if you want, because uh, it, it tends to be, it's better to uh, change the foil underwater than it is to deal with a bigger wing or whatever above the water. So I typically only ride a four meter. Uh, if it's super windy, I'll put an 850 wing underwater. If it's really light, I'll use the 1850. So yeah. that's, you know, because obviously the water is something like uh, 780 times more dense than air. So it makes sense to, uh, increase and reduce your performance underwater than it is to try and you know put a bigger wing up because basically light wind and whether you're on a four meter or a six meter it still doesn't make that much difference compared to changing your foil wing 100 yeah i can imagine the foil on the water makes a huge difference and they have not yeah. this big gliding foil so that uh, that probably yeah. helps a lot and i yeah. saw some accessories uh, coming with this wasp 2 as well uh yeah. what are the accessories all about why do we need them <laughs> 
Well, Dom, Dom always does a great job on this. Um, <clears throat> we've got the harness, uh, just very light, easy harness that is um, designed so that obviously getting on the boards and things, the harness can be a pain in the ass because you've got the metal hook, which can damage the board. So the harness is actually designed to slide around. So we've got a slippy material on the inside. Um, I'm not a big harness user. I, I actually like the physical aspect of just hanging on. You soon get used to it. But there are people that want to have a harness. So Dom came up with the harness. He likes to ride with the harness as well. And, you know, if you're jumping, if you want to go sort of racing with your friends, then the harness is a great idea. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's come along. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, Dom's done all the, you know, the attachments for the harness line and everything and uh, making it so that it's very nicely balanced. So, yeah. Um, and uh, I think that's, uh, that is, do we have anything else? I think that's about it. I think, yeah, I think I saw the leash and the, and the harness. Oh, the, oh, yeah, yeah. Of course, the leash and things. Yeah. Um, I, again, I just leave all that to Dom because he's the, He's the pro on all that stuff. I just use it. Yep, leash is good. Um, again, you know, small things like the leash, it, it just choosing the right material so that it's easy to pull the, the wing back in, not slipping through your hands, especially when it's blowing 25 knots plus and the thing's flapping and going crazy, then you can just <clears throat> haul it in easily because we've um, used some good materials, super strong. Uh, reinforce bits and pieces so that nothing's pulling out and not breaking yeah amazing so uh yeah kind of maybe um how could people get started with the wing like what, what do you recommend people to start with um easiest thing to do I, I always say and this is something that uh, uh is often overlooked even with kite surfing but the easiest thing to do most humans are capable of learning one thing at once so Go to the beach on a nice day when there's a good, you know, solid breeze, 15 knots. Learn how to fly the wing. Get the wing totally in control so that you can just relax with the thing in the air. You've understood the direction changes. There's a lot of uh, the backhand really controls everything. The backhand controls your left and right and obviously your power. So just go to the beach. Make sure you are fully au fait with how it works and how it feels. And, you know, you should be able to fly it basically on two fingers. Yeah. It, you don't need to be holding it and tensing up on the thing. You just, you want to, it's a wing, let the wing fly. So once you've learned to fly the wing, then it's a good idea to, uh, to go to a non-foiling board. So just to sup, just to get the understanding of how the power comes on when you're actually on the water. Do, do some good amount of laps on the water like that. Once you've understood that, then you can start mixing it with a foil. If you don't have foil experience, then I suggest that uh, if you can find someone with a boat or a jet ski and you do some towing, obviously that's the easy way. Because again, Tiding and towing. Somebody yeah, can learn. Yes, yeah, 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 you can do that too. But again, <laughs> learning one thing at once is the best, best thing. So, Learn the foil, learn the wing, learn how to ride the foil, uh, learn how to ride the wing on the water, and then you can add the foil. So yeah, um, try and 
well, for instance, here in Raglan, um, at Matt at Ozone New Zealand has uh, a one hour foiling uh, course where for a hundred bucks, which is amazing value, um, you get an hour of foil experience and it's the best money you can spend because, uh, you know, it just gives you an hour of foil time and to get an hour of foil time uh, in the beginning when you're learning to foil is hard work. Whereas if you're just doing it behind a jet ski, you know, just pull you up at just the right speed. You learn how to control the foil. Okay. And literally we've had people who've done one hour of um, uh, towing work, jet ski work with the foil. They've learned to use the wing on the beach. They've done their, um, their sup winging backwards and forwards a few times. We've brought them together with the foil and the wing and they've literally gone riding on the first day. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. I'm looking forward to get started though. And yeah, how they also pass the wing around, like it's quite some some new handling. So it's a, it's a good tip to just uh, start on the beach. Um, yes, oh yeah. That. No, no, start on the beach. The, the one thing, you know, um, uh, it, it's sort of a side effect of modern times. Modern times, everybody wants everything now instant. Yes, okay, you cannot have these things instantly, but we can guide you to getting them quickly. But if you want them instantly, I can assure you uh, it's going to take you longer to get them. Just put on your VR yeah. goggles. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but put the time in practicing the elements because if you practice the elements and then you put them together, you get it. But if you just try and put everything together at once and you haven't practiced the elements then you're not going to get it. So that's why I say, you know, uh, I was just watching a guy the other week. He didn't want to do the, the learning. He just wanted to do the trying. Well, okay. He did the trying and it uh, didn't look that much fun because you haven't learned any of the skills. So, you know, you can, you can learn so much. It's the same with paragliding and also with kite surfing. Uh, you can learn so much on the beach. So get the wing in your hands feel it, fly it, let it, let, let it become an understanding you have rather than something you're almost fearful of because you haven't learned how to control the power. You know, it, for, for any form of um, progression, there has to be an element of mastery. If you don't master any of the elements, there is no progression. So master some elements, progress will come. Nice. That's some wise advice right there. I remember my first time foiling, combining the kite and the foil. <laughs> it was just one hour of fully wiping out and uh, yeah, that was hurting. But after an hour, I finally got the hang of it, but I should have done it your yeah. way. <laughs> well, no, back, back then, we, there, there wasn't really another way. Now we're became, beginning to understand, you know, we, this is, we, can, we can put these pieces together to make life easier for people. So we, let's put those pieces together because at the end of the day, uh, nobody really wants to go slamming into the water 30, 40 times when you only have to do it three times if you've done some of the groundwork first. So let's do the groundwork. Let's spread the knowledge that, uh, you know, standing on the beach with a wing, you might think isn't a part of the sport, but it's certainly one of the best ways to learn. And, you know, get out there. You can put an hour in on the beach and save yourself five hours on the water. You know, just it's that simple. Amazing. And you can practice, you can practice the, the turns, 
what you do with the wing, turn around, face this way, feel the power, yeah, bring it over, put it that way. Uh, you can practice uh, coming from your knees and going to one knee and then using the wing to pull yourself up. You know, the, these are all skills that you're going to need on the water. And once you take them to the water, it all just gets harder. So if you've got them on the land, then, you know, you're, you're at least 80% uh, of the way there. Nice. And then it really becomes your wingman because on the beach, you can still chat to the ladies and uh, get the, give them a try as well. So uh, I think that's a good oh. <laughs> You know, honestly, one of the things I love um, about winging and a, it's a, a new aspect to the sport or to the water sports thing is that it's bringing more uh, females uh, into into our sports, which is fantastic. Uh, also, that's obviously going to translate as well into uh, people going from wings into kites as well in the future. But uh, definitely what we're feeling is there is a lot less um, fear that people have when there's no lines involved. It, it's amazing how many people and especially females have come up and said, wow, that looks amazing. I want to do that. Uh, I always like the look of kiting, but it, it's too dangerous with those lines and the kite. And yes, you can, you know, send the kite the wrong way and take a good slamming. The good thing with the wing is, um, you know, for sure you can hit the board and the foil and blah, blah, blah. But generally, uh, when it overpowers you, it's not a sort of catastrophic overpowering. You just, oh, and you can just let go and, and it, life's easy. Um, so anything that brings, uh, you know, a, a more diversity to the sport, more kids, more females, then uh, it's happy days. I love it, man. Well, let's close it off on that. Thank you so much for the chat today, Rob. And uh, I will catch up oh. with you soon. Thank you, Ruben. Can't wait. Uh, yes, let's hope this whole uh, COVID madness stops soon and we can go traveling and enjoy uh, meeting people and having good times all over the world again. Exactly. We can send it again uh, together, man. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> cool, man. Take it easy. Thank you very much. You too. Have a wonderful day, Rob. Will do. And yeah. you. Bye-bye. Nice.